Welcome to IBBA Insights, providing expert advice on buying or selling small businesses. IBBA Insights is presented by the International Business Brokers Association, the world's largest nonprofit organization for those helping others sell or buy businesses. Now, here's your host, Chris Diglio. Hello, and thank you for joining me for today's episode of IBBA Insights. Wherever you're at listening to this show, I really hope you're having a great day and everything's going well in your life. Today, you're in for a treat. We're going to learn about the importance of etiquette from a world-renowned expert. Sometimes we ask ourselves, what's right, what's wrong, what's offensive, offensive, what's politically correct? Who really knows? Well, my guest today not only knows the answer to these questions, but she's going to share them with us. Jacqueline Whitmore is an international etiquette expert, author, and certified speaking professional. She's one of the most widely quoted etiquette experts in the world. Her advice has been sought on countless media outlets, including BBC World News, CNN, Fox News, NPR, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Fortune Time, Entrepreneur, and and many, many other media outlets. Jacqueline is the best-selling author of Business Class, Etiquette Essentials for Success at Work, and Poise for Success. At this time, I'd like to introduce and welcome to the show Jacqueline Whitmore. Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us today. Chris, it's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Well, you know, I was um, looking at this topic and I said, well, you know, I'd shoot for the stars and we certainly got the best guests out there. But before we get started, I I wanted to start by saying I I know you reside in beautiful Mount Dora, Florida. It's only about 35, 40 minute drive for me, but I I must say I'm a little envious because there are so many wonderful things to do out there. It's a beautiful place for me to visit, but I'm sure for you to live. Well, I moved here about five years ago because it, uh, it, it's a small town. It's a beautiful town, like you just said. And it reminds me of the television show Mayberry. Uh, you might remember that when you were growing up. Yes. Just a lot of mom and pop shops, great restaurants, lots of festivals. And it's just a nice place to live. Yeah, it's like stepping back into a different era, you know, and it really is. I love love visiting there, especially during the holidays when everything's decorated. But even year round, it's a great, great place to visit. So um, I'm so excited, really am, to touch on these topics because uh, we're the majority of our audience are business brokers. So they help people buy and sell businesses. And, and we deal with business professionals, accountants, attorneys, CPAs, financial planners. And we're in an ever-changing world of What's acceptable? What's not acceptable? What, what what things do we talk about or not talk about? So, you know, I wanted to talk to a, an etiquette expert. So, if you don't mind sharing with us first, you know, how did you become an etiquette expert? I became an etiquette expert after I worked in the hospitality industry for many many years. I was the assistant director of public relations for the world famous Breakers Hotel back in the. 90s. And while I was working at the hotel, I was responsible for the summer camps. One of the summer camps that was so famous was the etiquette camp for kids. And being in public relations, it was my responsibility to promote this camp to publications and uh, news outlets all over the world. But I was also responsible for finding the instructor for this camp. And I found a woman in the, in Washington, D.C., uh, who happened to be, at the time, she's since retired, she 
was probably one of the most famous etiquette experts in the world. And she agreed to come to the Breakers every summer for a couple of weeks and teach the etiquette camp for kids. And while she was there one summer, we decided to expand the etiquette camp and offer it to adults. And she said, you know, I think adults need etiquette, too. (laughs) I said, I totally agree. So I'll help you promote this camp. And being the curious person that I am, I wanted to learn etiquette, too. Because, Chris, I grew up in a very small town in central Florida um, called Haines City, and I grew up among the orange groves, and I, I I got a good education. I went to the University of Florida, and then I had some really exciting jobs, the breakers being probably the most exciting job. And I found myself in an environment where I felt a little out of place, like a fish out of water. And maybe some of our listeners can relate to that. When you walk into a room or you get a a new job, maybe you feel a little bit insecure or intimidated. Well, I had, um, I found myself in a position where I was working with some of the most uh, sophisticated, well-traveled guests, uh, the lifestyles of the rich and famous. I'll just put it that way. So long story short, I took the etiquette camp for adults and I loved the information that I learned. And I went to Washington, D.C. and I took uh, the, the instructor's more extensive course and I ended up teaching business etiquette to the employees at the Breakers. And they named me the protocol officer eventually. And in 1998, I got laid off from my job and I started my own business. And that's when I founded the Protocol School of Palm Beach. And that's when it all began for me. Wow, that's that's a, 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 an incredible journey um, where you started and, and, and how and, and, and why you got into that. So what what would you say is the uh, importance of etiquette and and what really truly is etiquette? When we say having good etiquette, what what does that mean? Well, when you, when you think of etiquette, it's not the same as manners. I mean, most of us know what good manners are. It's like when you go into a, a, a grocery store and you've got your, 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 going down the aisle with your cart, you stay to the right so that, you don't run into people. That's good manners. Or if you bump into someone, you say, excuse me, or you say, thank you. When the cashier hands you your change, that's good manners. But etiquette is different. Etiquette is the knowing how to treat others. And what that knowing means, it's being mindful of how your behavior affects other people on a daily basis. So that's the difference. You can have good manners, but you may not realize that what you're doing is offending someone because obviously nowadays with technology all around us, we live in a bubble and we aren't aware that our behavior could be affecting the way another person perceives us. So the etiquette my definition of etiquette is the art of knowing how to treat other people. 
Well, that's amazing. That I always had equated manners and etiquette of, of, of almost being the same thing. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, it, just from that point alone, we're, we're starting off on a position of this, of this conversation where I could see I'm not only going to learn a lot, but hopefully the, the audience is going to learn a lot. So we have people that are out there every day in business and they're attempting to either maybe list someone's business for sale or work with someone that's going to sell a business or, or it might be a business professional out there that's dealing with a new client or potentially gaining a new client. So how can good etiquette be the difference in winning or losing an assignment? Well, Chris, people do business with people they believe, like, and trust. I call that the BLT factor. So if you're working with a client, that client has to have complete trust in you. Now, they may find you through the internet or they may be recommended to you. So that's a good sign. If someone is recommended to you, that tells that should tell you that somebody else believes, likes, and trusts you enough to recommend you to others. But even still, you have to convince that other person that you are uh, the right person for them. And you may not be because, as we know, personalities don't always, um, they, they, they might not be in sync. But you have to have the BLT factor. People have to believe, like, and trust you. And if they, if you have all three of those, then people will want to do business with you. And I'll tell you one of the biggest secrets in business, and I'm going to say this right away because uh, I, I just like to get to the point. The, the difference between someone who's ordinary and extraordinary is follow-up, the person who returns phone calls promptly, the person who uh, is attentive to their client's needs, the person who anticipates a client's needs before the client even says they need it, uh, the person who goes that extra mile and does the little things that maybe people don't expect. Uh, the person who pays attention to the details, and finally, the person who is good at follow-up. That person, after the sale is complete, doesn't just say goodbye, good luck, have a nice life. That person stays in touch. That person um, does whatever he or she can to nurture that relationship because, as I said, word of mouth is your best advertisement. And it takes a lot of money to win new clients. But when you've got your existing clients out there promoting you, that makes it easier for you. And that's what it's all about is it's building relationships. And that's what etiquette is. It's building and nurturing those relationships. So Jacqueline, I, we live in a, in a world where, in a second, you could click a button and not be able to take back what you said. And so social media and online etiquette, is there such a thing? And if so, can you advise our listeners on what's acceptable and maybe what to avoid on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and all the other platforms that are out there that they might be promoting themselves on? I absolutely am a, a big advocate for 
being on social media. And I'll tell you why, because if you don't have a website in this day and age, you are really um, going to be passed by. So that's first and foremost, have a good website where people can find you. That's it. I mean, you can have a website, but if people can't find you, that um, doesn't do you any good. So uh, you may remember the game of Monopoly. And the person who wins in Monopoly is the person who has the most real estate. So I think of social media as a form of real estate. It's free, number one, uh, to join Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram, Pinterest, etc. So why not capitalize on that opportunity and make yourself visible? on all of those platforms. Now, if you're not, if you don't have time to um, be on all of the platforms, find out where your clients are. So if your clients are mostly business people, which you all deal mostly with businesses, <laughs> with business, you sell businesses, broker businesses, then you should be on LinkedIn. There's no doubt about it. You should be getting recommendations from your clients. Your LinkedIn page should look like an online resume. You should have a professional photograph. You should be posting articles. You should be interacting with people on LinkedIn. And if you want to be more adventurous, then take it a level farther and go and be on Facebook as well. Uh, because mainly moms and dads are on Facebook, grandparents who want to follow their grandchildren are on Facebook. Maybe you want a business Facebook page. Maybe you want a Twitter page. But first and foremost, get on LinkedIn. It's really important what you post and how you portray yourself on social media. Very, very important. Um, some of these other social media platforms like Facebook, might get you in trouble if you're uh, if you're not careful what pictures you post, your comments to other people could get you in trouble. That's why I'm saying LinkedIn is probably it is the most underutilized social media platform out there. So I would suggest if you do decide to join different platforms, just be mindful of what you post and how you respond to other people. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. What would constitute poor etiquette on, on these platforms? What, what should I avoid or what should we avoid? Well, we should avoid the obvious, uh, being too political or being too combative or getting into arguments with people. People have social media pages to to post whatever they're feeling. I don't want to say we need to take away a person's First Amendment, but that doesn't mean that you have to be negative or disagree with everyone or be combative or post things that might be too controversial. So again, you've got to know your audience. And if all of your audience members are of one, uh, of one mindset, which that doesn't exist, then... No. No, it doesn't exist. Remember, <laughs> we're working in a multicultural world, and we have many different types of clients from all walks of life, many ages with life experiences. 
So bottom line, don't post anything you wouldn't want posted on the front page of the newspaper. The great advice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I always tell people before you hit uh, submit or send or post, you know, count to 10 and maybe you should count further than 10 because well, once you, once you send it, you, you can't take it back. So we, we, in doing the research, Jacqueline, on, on what, who you are and what you have to offer, I saw that you have, uh, you do, you offer coaching services. And one of the topics is you have a three day course called techno etiquette and it's email, cell phone and video conference call manners. And due to the pandemic, a lot of us is, a lot of us have changed the way we do business. There's been a change in the way how we communicate or how we conduct our meetings. A lot of professionals are using Zoom or or other video services to conduct uh, to conduct business. Can you talk about etiquette in this environment? I can. I I believe that we are now using Zoom more than ever. It's not going to go away. And the way you appear on Zoom is part of your personal brand. The way you send an email or what you write in an email is part of your personal brand. And you have to be mindful of how you communicate online as much, if not more, as how you communicate in person. Because most of us do business online anyway. In fact, a lot of my clients, my coaching clients, I've never met in person. And I'll give you an example. I had this one client who contacted me for private coaching, and she has worked for some phenomenal Fortune 500 companies um, in the Silicon Valley area. And she found herself in um, a high-level position. She's extremely bright and well-educated, but she's young. When I say young, I would say under 40. And one of her peers or supervisors told her that her tone of voice was needed to, um, I guess, I, 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 I don't know exactly the term she used, but she said, you need to work on your tone of voice in your email because it's offending people. And so this person hired me for several different reasons, but that is one of the issues we worked on. And she didn't realize that's where the mindfulness comes in. She didn't realize that what she was writing came across as uh, perhaps a little aggressive or too pushy. And so we had to talk about different personality types and, and how to tailor your email to your particular audience and so forth. And so uh, we also worked on Zoom etiquette, how she appeared on Zoom. We worked on her lighting, the sound. Uh, people don't realize that you have to think of yourself almost as a news anchor and you want the camera to be at eye level. You want the light to be towards your face, not your back. You want to make sure you have a clean background. These are the little details that a lot of people don't think about. And so I'm hired as I guess you could either call me a transformational coach or a life coach, whatever you want to call me, but I work with people to help enhance their personal brand. And a lot of that, they don't realize it's etiquette related, but it is. Fascinating. I mean, just the, every little bit, every bit of detail 
obviously seems that needs to be considered because this is how some we're, we're letting them into our our home, right, our environment, or wherever it is that we are. And I would imagine we want to portray the 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 best image that's possible because you said earlier about people doing business with people they like and trust and all that, and 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 that could go a long way just into I guess what they see when you when they when they log in and how you present yourself. Absolutely. You are allowing people into your home or your intimate office space, and you want that to be a positive image for you and, and a pleasant experience for the other person. I've, I've seen backgrounds that I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, how can this person work in this environment? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm laughing because really I've a, seen that too. I'm like, ooh, I might just not put the video on if I was going to do that. <laughs> well, that's the other thing because a lot of people don't like to be on camera, and I understand that. Maybe you are having a bad hair day or you just don't want to get dressed up. But as I said, Zoom is not going away anytime soon. People are getting more used to it. So put forth a little bit of effort because when you when you look good, you feel good, you also portray more credibility and you really want to have a presence, whether it's online, a, a positive presence, whether it's online or in person. So Jacqueline, let me ask you, if if I'm invited to a Zoom meeting and Let's just say I am at work or I'm at home. I have the ability to be online. It's not that I'm on the road traveling and, and driving and I'm logging into a call, but I have the ability to do so. I'm invited to a Zoom meeting and I join, but I choose not to be on video. Does that come across in any way as offensive or, or send a bad message if I do not click the video for everyone to see me? You know, that's that's one of those situational questions because etiquette is situational it's not always black and white like protocol protocol is rules and regulations so um it, it depends i will tell you if you are having a conversation with a client or a potential client it helps to build your credibility if they can see your face as well as hear your voice to see your eye contact and to see what you look like in person. I have had more success gaining new clients because I wasn't afraid to show my face. Now, if you're in a, a big meeting and there are a hundred people on the line, that might not be so important. And it, if the meeting is smaller, five people, 10 people, then it would probably be worth turning your camera on to at least say hello uh, because people want to know you're engaged. And that's the other thing about Zoom etiquette is you have to show that you're staying engaged. And when you've got your camera off, we don't know if you're in the bathroom or the kitchen or if you're just, if you just are not there. And so I think it depends on the meeting and who you're meeting with. So Jacqueline, should I treat that meeting as if someone was sitting at my desk in front of me, meaning that um, I'm not going to be on my cell phone, you know, texting and I'm not going to be while I'm in, while I'm someone sitting across from me online looking or scrolling or, or looking at different things. 
treat that. Well, absolutely. You treat it like it's a face-to-face meeting. Absolutely. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that. So I want to switch gears a little bit. Our audience deals with international clientele, people from all over the world. Um, So how can you incorporate some of the widely known characteristics of some of the different cultures into a conversation without overly stereotyping people? I always say have an open mind. Minds are like parachutes. They only function when they're open. And I also say travel is the best education. And it makes us more sensitive towards other cultures. And when you take yourself out of your comfort zone and you go to a foreign country, it forces you to use all your senses. It also forces you to to be more mindful of what's going on around you. And so if you've had the good fortune to travel the world or different parts of the world, I would say you're very fortunate because, first of all, you have a leg up because you're you have been somewhere and you are aware of other cultures. But if let's just say that you haven't traveled extensively and you're going to work with a client from Brazil or Puerto Rico or wherever, it would behoove you to do a little research on that country and the way in which people from that country communicate. And what I mean by that is, In Asia, for example, in China, uh, I travel there quite a bit. Whenever I'm in a meeting with someone from China, they um, they're very respectful and they never talk over you. In fact, when they shake their head, it doesn't mean that they agree with you. It means that they are they hear you and everything. is done in a more subtle way over in Asia from the way they present a business card to the way they greet you to hospitality is huge over there. Um, Here in the U S we're accustomed to getting down to business right away. We want to talk about the contract at hand. We want to talk about business immediately, but that's different from most other cultures. Most other cultures want to get to believe, like, and trust you. And then if they believe, like, and trust you, then they'll want to do business with you. Then they'll want to talk about the contract. So my advice is get to know the person as a human being first. Have a little, start out with a little small talk. And that's the other thing I, I coach on conversation skills because so many people are poor at conversation skills. So instead of launching into business right away, get to know that person a little bit. Take notes about what that person says. If he or she mentions that their uh, daughter is going off to college, write that down. So that the next time you speak to that person, you can say, well, how is it going? Um, how is your daughter doing at University of Florida? Little things like that impress people. When you remember details, uh, people 
like that when you remember their name. They like when you ask about how they are. So put the spotlight on the other person and less on yourself. And a lot of people, and you, I'm sure you've come across them, Chris, in your lifetime, they like to talk about themselves. But you want to make sure that when you're working with clients, that it is all about them and not you. I'll share something with you that was funny. My pastor, many, many years ago, he's since passed away, but one of the key lessons in life he taught me, he said, Cress, I don't know if he was talking to me directly or if he was just sharing something. I'm going to say he was just sharing something, but he said, he said, Cress, he goes, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. He wants us to listen twice as much as then we talk. So I've always tried to incorporate that into whatever I can. You know, people seem to get a little more comfortable with you when they're talking about themselves and they get to talk and, and, uh, and, and you certainly, you're right. You learn a lot uh, about people. So now we talked about cultures, but things change every day. I, you could say something today that's inappropriate, but maybe last week or last year it was acceptable. I mean, I look back at some certainly uh, shows like that may or may not be acceptable to be put on TV today or not. But when we're in the everyday world, I mean, I'm a 50 year old white male, right? And I'm dealing with a lot of different things. And then the last thing I want to do is offend anybody. I don't want to offend. I'm very aware of that and cognizant as, as a lot of other people are, regardless of what their age, race, color, or anything is. But so how do we keep up with the ever changing times and avoid offending people? Well, two words come to mind, common sense, but common <laughs> sense isn't so common anymore. And it's almost impossible to go through life and not offend someone. We've all done it, myself included. I, don't, I can't say that I did it on purpose because no one, uh, I mean, I don't try to offend people on per, per, purpose and neither do you, neither do most of our listeners. Uh, so you just have to do the very, very best you can. And that's the other thing I wanted to say about working with international clients. If, if they know that you're trying to make an effort, maybe you learn a few words in their native language and you're, you, you're a good listener. And if you don't understand something, you ask questions. Really, that's about all you can do is, is just pay attention, be a good listener. If you're not sure, then ask somebody. And if you do offend someone by mistake, then apologize. Don't just yes. brush it under the rug. Um, two things come to mind. One is never burn any bridges and admit when you are wrong. Admit to making mistakes. Uh, if if that person is offended and, and even if you think you said something and that person didn't say anything back to you, say, you know, I, I believe I owe you an apology because when we spoke the other day, I, I think I misspoke and I, I said something that I didn't mean the way it sounded. So, you know, you can say something like that and be humble. That's the other thing. If you're humble and you're authentic and even a little vulnerable. People like that. Um, authenticity is huge in today's society because when you have social media, 
you can post anything and you can portray yourself as any basically any way you want to portray yourself in a false light. That's why they call it fake book, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't I don't mean to offend anybody, okay? Yeah, look how great but, my life is and it's not really, but yeah, that's <laughs> look I mean, at me. Who to, right, who wants to post that they're having a terrible day? Now some people do. Um but most of us want to portray ourselves in a successful uh happy light. And I get that. But when you're dealing with people, remember, people are just people. And you want to try to be relatable to all different types of people. And that's why when I coach people on networking skills, I always say, if you sit next to someone at a dinner party, always ask them, to talk about themselves, number one, say, tell me, those are the two magic words, tell me, how did the two of you meet, tell me, what did you enjoy most about your trip to Italy, and then just listen, and then people will do business with you if you can relate to them in some way, so I think there's some magic in storytelling, uh, in telling the right stories, sharing a little bit about yourself that your client can relate to, but in an appropriate way, of course. And just conversation is is really, really important, the right conversations, because people will forget what you said and people will forget what you did, but people will rarely forget how you made them feel. And that was a quote that was made famous by the poet Maya Angelou. So think about how you are making someone feel in your presence. If you're making people feel important and heard and um, valuable and respected, then you're going to have a, a thriving business. That that is absolutely powerful. I mean, I I'm soaking it all in as as we talk, and you know, we're coming towards the end of our time. I want to be aware of your time and 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 that you've given us. But a couple more things I just want to touch on briefly before we go, and 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 so I could share this with the audience. And in reading through your materials and going through your website and talking about etiquette, you say be exceptional, be exquisite, be extraordinary. What does that mean? Well, that's a tagline on my website, <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. and I I love I, but I, I liked it. The three, well, thank you. I use the three E's: exceptional, exquisite, extraordinary. Well, how do you do that? Um, it's a lifetime of practice. None of us are born with good etiquette, and if you were fortunate enough to have parents to instill good manners in you, you are way ahead of the game because in this day and age let's face it etiquette isn't taught at home anymore it's not even taught in schools and that's why i have a thriving practice i suppose but 
I teach people how to be exceptional, exquisite, and extraordinary through little little things like writing a thank you note after you've had an interaction with an important client, or even if you didn't gain the client, writing a thank you note anyway and saying, even though I didn't win your business this time, I appreciate the time you shared with me, and I hope that you'll think about us in the future type of thing. And those are the things that will separate you. That's the thing that separates the leaders from the left behind are those little details, those exceptional, exquisite, extraordinary details that if you can incorporate those things in your practice, and maybe you just put that up on your wall, be exceptional be exquisite, be extraordinary. What can you do today to make somebody's life easier, happier? What can you do to put a smile on somebody's face? Is it just sending an email saying, hey, I'm thinking about you today? Is it picking up the phone and saying, you know, I hope you're well and um, I wanted to wish you a happy birthday? What can you do that will stand out? Sending brownies, sending cookies. People love food. <laughs> they do. do anyway. My, my waistline and, shows that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, be um, be a um, how should I say an advocate of random acts of kindness because you know the world is um, it's very stressful, very very stressful. Every time we go out into the world you you may encounter someone who's rude and it's not uh, necessarily what happens to you it's how you react to those people and events that happen to you and that's what's going to separate you from your competitors and that's what's going to make you outshine your competition so Jacqueline, we're coming to the end of the show, and I've got one one last question I'd like to ask you, and I'd love for you to leave some parting words of wisdom and advice to those that are out there listening. What advice would you give to the business people and the other professionals concerning etiquette? My goodness. Um, when When I think of etiquette, there are just so many different topics that come to mind, but I would just say I'm going to leave your listeners with this. Just be nice. Just be kind. It's that simple. Just be kind. And remember that if somebody isn't kind to you, it doesn't always mean it's personal. Maybe they're just having a bad day. You never know if they just lost a spouse or a parent or it, what is going on in their life. We've either been through something, we're all going through something, or we will all go through something. So. If something or someone is rude to you, then instead of reacting, instead take a moment and say to yourself, maybe this isn't personal. Maybe this person is just having one of those days. And maybe I can make this person's day by being kind or giving a compliment or just giving a smile because a smile costs absolutely nothing. So give away free smiles all day long and you'll, you'll brighten up somebody's day. So Jacqueline, it, one thing that became apparent and that I learned, I learned a lot on this uh, 
podcast today, one of the things I learned is that we all have a lot possibly still to learn. So how can our audience learn more about your services if they want to be able to, um, uh, again, uh, better themselves a little bit and really understand more about the world of etiquette and how it can help them in their personal and, and business life? Well, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share my website with everyone. It's etiquetteexpert.com, and I'm also on all the social media platforms, including Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and, and LinkedIn. So if any of your listeners are interested in etiquette or soft skills, communication skills, then they can just send me a message on any of those platforms and I'll be sure to um, respond. Well, thank you. Jacqueline, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on our podcast and sharing with us today. It's my hopes that all of you listening today learned a thing or two and will incorporate into your everyday life. Um, I can only speak for myself, but some of the information Jacqueline shared was eye-opening and will be incorporated into my personal and business practices. Jacqueline, I look forward to a continued relationship with you. I have no excuse since you're uh, within a driving distance from me that um, I've I looked at some of the things you have online and I'm very interested in especially that three-day uh, course that, that talks about with emails and cell phones and, and different things, the, the techno course. So um, thank you so much for sharing today. It, it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Oh, it's my pleasure too, Chris. I appreciate uh, your listeners um, just spending the time and listening to this particular podcast. And I appreciate the work that you're doing and all the goodness that you're doing to help your organization. Well, you're very kind. Thank you so much. And I wish you the very best. And for those of you that are out there listening, thank you for supporting IBBA Insights. If you enjoy the show, I encourage you to share it with others. If you missed a show or need to catch up or just want to listen to other episodes, you can go to ibba.org slash insights. Once you're there, you can subscribe by clicking the Apple, Android, or email icons, and you never have to miss another episode of IBBA Insights again. Thank you for listening. God bless you all. I look forward to talking with you again on the next episode of IBBA Insights.